us ready to get started. It's eight after. We have been lollygagging, <laughs> chopping it up like we're like just having a little combo. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate you joining midday. Um, this is something new that NAMIC, a new partnership for NAMIC. This is an established podcast led by these three gentlemen, and you'll meet them in, in a short while. Um, but we're partnering. These these guys have all been a part of the naming board at one time um, in the past, which is really, really exciting. And this is family. We're all family here. Yes, so, yes. Um, this is going to be a good time. Um, my name is Radia Barnes. For those who don't know me, I'm the current president of NAMIC New York. Um, and NAMIC is a national association for multi-ethnicity and communications. And our mission is to empower people of color at work. We want you guys to feel strong, confident in everything that you do professionally and personally. Nice. So um, we're going to get started. I know a tool sent like a whole little agenda. I just kind of just doing my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good it's all good welcome to the welcome right, to the whiskey hue i'm about to hit the record now okay okay welcome welcome to the whiskey hue let's hit it all right what's up what's up welcome to the whiskey hue glad to have you guys today we're um we're excited to have you on our live podcast virtual taping of course during the pandemic and we're going to spend some time with the NAMIC team, NAMIC of New York. This is very special for me because uh, I was a member of NAMIC for probably about 10 to 12 years uh, in various locations. So I really understand the value and the meaning of the partnership of driving community, uh, especially within the media organization. So I'm glad to be here with you guys. So today we're going to be talking about um, a great subject and topic, talking about from IPL, I mean, from idea to IPO. Uh, we're the Whiskey Hill, where we dive deep into different topics. Um, we're going to be focusing on a number of different things, but we're most importantly a, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that tight. We're talking like emerging media, e-games, cannabis, without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. <laughs> America calls Clyde Black, Athul Brown. And Anthony, somewhere in the confusing middle. Here we go. Three brothers. <laughs> various shades of brown, bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups, mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. So, so what we want to do today was we want to kind of run through our normal format with the name it, uh Name it, name it crew as our special guests. We're, today we're going to talk about, as I mentioned, the, the concept of ideation to IPO and talk about how, you know, our individual experiences kind of touch on each one of those phases within the uh, process. I myself as someone who's been in the startup community for the last uh, seven, to eight, eight, seven to eight years, uh, took a company from uh, startup to scale up, to eventually going through IPO. Uh, with growing the company's businesses, uh, units and customers from two and a half million to 13 million customers. And we ended up going public on the NASDAQ. Uh, I didn't get rich. So, you know, <laughs> I'm still still working for a living, but he's it was rich, a, fun, it was a fun, fun, fun process. It's a gated community. The, even the employees on the estate have a gated house. So. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> to get into his property. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, hilarious. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, each of each one of our individual experiences have really relate to the topic that we're going to be discussing. We want to empower and give the name it community kind of the tools if they're even thinking about a business and idea and kind of provide and impart our uh, insights and experience on each of the different phases. So uh, before we kick off, you know, like we always do, what you guys been up to? Go ahead, Anthony. Oh, oh me? Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Order in sangria isn't hitting the gym. Since Anthony's been doing the contract thing for the past, what is it, two years? Uh, contract stuff has been nice and slow. So, and which is great towards this topic is now I'm really focused on my own stuff. Um, and, you know, I'm getting to the phase about to put, put together a prototype myself. So this is, this is a uh, perfect timing and uh, lines up perfectly with our topic with the name of New York crew. So I'm going to be the only broken on this podcast. Damn, that's the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. We, we got we to do a, a switch here. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's week two. Uh, and since we're going to be revisiting some of our greatest hits from yesterday, uh, you know, we're going to bring in some of the things I want to discuss something I discussed two weeks ago. I can confirm that that flowery hand sanitizer with no alcohol does not kill the Rona, but it is killing my testosterone, right? So, <laughs> no alcohol ain't killing smack, right? So, I'm this close to binging all the Tyler Perry Medea, Medea movies um, by myself. My wife's going to just slap me when she comes in the room. And, um, you know, so that's how bad it is. Tyler Perry makes hits. Come on now. Makes sense. 100 million in the box office. Step off. Step off. No, I'm, 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 I'm the dude's dope. But damn, if you're busy watching as a guy alone, that's just, you know, you got some issues, man. <laughs> With some tissues. It's so wrong. So wrong. Man, it's extra soft, though. You're, you're watching, you're watching with D. I'm on YouTube watching old, old, old games. Games from years ago. That's what I'm watching. Damn, Playoffs from 1984. I saw, I saw a high school basketball championship from 2007. Like, I don't know watch that. But then, then my people came in. We had a spelling G championship. <laughs> we win it. <laughs> we win it. <laughs> oh, man. What you been up to? Uh, so for me, you know, I've been, uh, I took some of your advice from a couple of episodes ago where you're talking about the dad bot, right? So I started running again and um, it's been a, <laughs> it's been, it's been fun, but you know, it kind of goes to a specific topic that's been taking over the news right now. So I want to just make sure I mention that. Um, about Aubrey Maud, um, who was tragically shot down while going out jogging. So um, I've been watching the news, making sure I stayed abreast. I encourage everyone to go to the website. I think it's Run With Maud, uh, www.runwithmaud, and check it out and sign up, petition. It's tragic. I know this is a, a community of uh, multicultural, so definitely voice your uh, concerns. And, you know, I've been running, but, you know, now I'm running with a purpose. So make sure you go out there and uh, make that happen. So. Um, yeah, nice. that's what I've been up to. Nice. Cool. What about Carvel Radia? Carvel Radia. What, y'all, what you guys been up to? Okay. Namek. Talk, talk, talk to us about, talk to us about a little bit about Namek. Uh, Namek, you know, we've been very busy, you know, keeping our members engaged. We've had lots of programming over the last month and a half, um, whether it be, you know, COVID-19 stuff, you know, how to get money, obtain funds, um, you know, going forward, you know, going through all this stuff. And then also, you know, building your brand. We've had networking workshops with Jason Patria mm-hmm. in the last month. So we've been keeping busy and, you know, lots of stuff for our, for our members to join on. Great, great, great. Yeah, we're trying to keep everyone engaged. Um, I know this is a transition for everyone. Yeah. Um, this is a different type of um, learning, a different type of connecting. So we're just trying to stay kind of a little bit ahead of it. So um, our members and 
non-members also can just benefit from, you know, engaging with us. All right. Great, great. It's a much needed service. I mean, I know I go back to early in my career where I was always at NAMIC events and uh, made sure I was there for the Christmas parties as well. So <laughs> the fun, oh, fun times. Everybody looks forward to the, the holiday party. Yeah, absolutely. Back in the day, that now in the NAMIC after party, everybody looks yeah, forward. Well, oh, you yeah. guys in the NAMIC after party, I took it to a whole nother level. Man. We were trying to do that my time, but. You know. Hey, uh, Anthony, we did 48 Lounge, right? That one time? We did the 40 rounds to kick off the year. And then, the year, then yeah. my that That's one dope. year, my last year as president, I did the, the casino night. Oh, nice. that was good. Right. Yeah. People love the casino night. I spent a lot of money on that one. Yeah, we love the casino night, yeah. It was a lot of money spent. I think uh, Cole <laughs> took over the next year. I was like, eh, you left me with nothing, dude. Right. I was a treasurer. That happened week. That happened like week two, man. After that 48 lounge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we took a lot of money. Yeah. Nice place, but you know. <laughs> good deal good deal good deal people if you talk about spending money wisely you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were, we were spending money like we work okay <laughs> <laughs> don't get them started you know soft bank is a uh, soft sore subject for them so yeah, uh we'll get to that, we'll get to that a little bit later probably so uh so so with the with the whiskey hue of course with whiskey being in our name Every episode for all of our listeners who don't know, we, we pick another, a new whiskey every week. We feature it. We uh, kick it off and let you know what we're sipping on. Today, we're sipping on Uncle Nearest 1856. Uh, hold it up. It's, uh, it's one that we've done before, but it's near and dear to my heart. So for the larger audience, I wanted to make sure I brought it up to the community. And it's one where we'll be sipping on it and then at the end of the episode we'll talk about you know flavor profiles what we thought about it if anthony's not too drunk we'll uh <laughs> in one episode he went in too hard but uh you can find it online one episode one episode, <laughs> one episode, one episode. <laughs> but uh no 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 i kid i kid i kid i kid so what i so what i'll say is most importantly drink responsibly but uh just a little bit about uncle nearest it was created to honor the whiskey making process of um of the person who originally uh, was touted as the godfather of tennessee whiskey nathan nearest green uh he was the first known african-american master distiller um for um uh, jack daniels the brand that's you know the number one whiskey in the world um and most importantly it was discovered in uh 2016 and kind of brought to life when uh fawn weaver who's the uh, founder and uh, owner CEO of uh, Uncle Nearest brand. And she read an article in 2016, New York Times, highlighting the story behind Nearest Green and his family and how he contributed to the development of the best-selling whiskey, Jack Daniels. And then from there, Fawn kind of researched it, dug it up, created a whole brand and company behind it. And today we have a Black-owned, woman-owned whiskey that's delicious and uh and it's great and kind of honors our her- heritage and um one that we're going to be sipping on today during the whiskey hue nice nice, that's nice. amazing yeah that's really good well, where, where can people find that at uh most, most liquor stores uh obviously go online google search uh nice. but most liquor stores you can find it um and it's it's a pretty mid price point anywhere between like 42 to 50 dollars depending on what your store 
charges. Uh, but you know, it's it's, de- it's definitely a, yeah. a good whiskey to have in your playbook, and most importantly, has a great story behind it. So what we'll do is we'll dive deeper into the player favorite profi- profiles a little bit later. But uh, you know, I'm gonna take a sip to that. Boom! All right, thank you, man. Thank you. Very nice. Yes. Thanks. So today uh, we're going to be talking about uh, startup ideation to IPO, uh, something that's near and dear to all of our hearts. At the Whiskey Hue, we talk about business, tech, culture, and what we want to do is kind of dive into the process from beginning to end. As we know, a lot of entrepreneurs are out there um, thinking about businesses during the pandemic, launching businesses during the pandemic, doing research, taking master classes, et cetera. So this is a part of that. And, you know, there's a uh, pretty much a multi-step process, but we kind of distilled it down to ideation, uh, your MVP, growth, funding, and then most importantly, cashing out. So, so, so kick, so kicking out, kicking off with the ideation process. Um, you know, what I want to do is open it up to one of the fellows to dive deep into specifically Anthony, cause he's, he's, uh, he's, a he, he's a, he's an expert in this, in this space. Yeah. Like, so most of the people I've worked with have been in the ideation phase all the way to around MVP space. Um, so, you know, like everybody has an idea, right? You know, there's always someone who has some kind of, you know, you know, massive idea that's either going to beat Facebook, it's going to beat Amazon, it's going to beat whomever, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. I think you start with your idea, you have your vision, and then it becomes one of those situations knowing, knowing your, knowing what you're really trying to do, right? What is? Are you really trying to go head to head with some big boy? Or are you trying to find a niche into that market that you're really going after? And that's really where it comes down to. It comes down to from you know really understanding where you're really going after the target audience or the target product. But after that is research, right? So you can't, you can't just go in blindly, right? And I, I'm pretty sure, listen, I know the name of crowd and I know the name of New York crowd. You know, these are sharp people. So you go do your research. So depending on the product and the category market that you're going after, you need to do some, you know, survey research as well as potentially academic research. So if it's healthcare, you might want to do some academic research around, around it, like even retail or, or, or apparel. There are tons of sources out there. So you want to know how the markets really move, right? You don't want to start creating a product that someone else is launching that day and you're behind the eight ball already. And now you're stuck, right? You put three years into it and now you're stuck, but doing your research and finding companies that you can do your, your survey, try to, you know, target certain people. I'm trying to make sure what features you're looking for, where you're trying to go and kind of really put together a game plan towards going from idea research uh to next step and uh, you guys want me to do the prototype thing because I, I i keep on going man <laughs> so <laughs> so so you know after you do your research and you kind of know hey this is what my product is and here's here's some of the features like main features that i'm really trying to uh, focus on right i know my i think i know my audience right because no one really knows your target audience until your product is out there in the market it kind of changes it can change and it will change but so the first step is like you hear MVP, right? MVP, minimal viable product that we're going to touch on a little later. Uh, there's prototype, right? The prototype just is a sketch, almost roughly a sketch design, right? Of how your product really looks. Um, and it just has the main features. It kind of gives people that you want to show, which could be just your friends. It could be someone who might want, you know, family or friend who wants to give you some cash. How this product kind of is going to look um usually you can you know 
depending on who you talk to, it could be literally a sketch. Um, you get some artists who can sketch it out, or you get a UX, a friend or someone you know who's a UX designer who can build a prototype. And that cost can vary. And one, and one example of that uh, great story that I, well, great story that I heard from uh, about Tristan Walker, the creator of Bevel. He uh, when he was starting this company, you can find this on a number of different uh, websites or resources. But one of the things he did when he founded his company of Bevel was he didn't really have the capital to create a new product, which is the original straight razor. So what he did was is he went to a product design company and said, hey, I'm thinking about doing a, um, uh, a straight razor. I need some designs. This company was like, OK, great. We're going to do we're going to build you four models. You can take the designs. And if you end up creating one, you just have to pay $10,000 once you decide to create it. So there are innovative and creative ways that you can get your product designs out and, and develop. Just do your research like Anthony mentioned, but you know, it doesn't stop you from getting it off the ground and getting to a place where you can see a product model, a design, and then you can get the, hit the ground running. Well, so one of the, one of the things I want to highlight, and so all the naming people know this, is that you're already networkers, right? Like you're already trying to put yourself out there. So it's now for you, if you're, if you're trying to jump into a tech product, shoot, even if it's not a, a non-tech product, right? You got a network. If you don't have, you know, you're not Mark Zuckerberg or, or you don't have friends who are product designers or, or engineers, developers, you got to get out there and network. Go to all these events, find somebody, join meetups, you know, and, and, and meet all these necessary people that can kind of, you know, if you're, you know, you might be able to say, listen, you know, you know, come on board. You know, we can, you know, we can share, we can share in this growth process, you know, to go old school Don't and try to keep it all in your house. Yeah. And then, at, and then at this phase right now, you're thinking about ways to just get something off the ground, put together your business plan, get ready for your MVP, like Anthony mentioned, and get to a phase where you can start having the conversation around how much is it going to cost to develop my product? Do I want to spend my own money? Do I want to figure out how to get friends and family involved? There's a, dump, a number of different ways that you can uh, uh, get some funding to get it off the ground, but at least get all the information on, on, on paper, get prepared to do a deck and uh, get ready for your minimum viable product uh, for your MVP, which leads us to the next phase of the process, which is all around getting prepared for to have an actual tangible product. One, one note we should leave on there. So the research is extremely important, but even that Bevel example, cashed out, did well, got acquired. That's a great success story. But, you know, as we were talking about on an earlier pod, it, with, with Chad, right? Uh, even saying, yep, Chad the abstract. Money. Our man, you want a name drop. Made <laughs> <laughs> a community. Uh, so all these, there's a lot of money was spent on research there, right? So that kind of, he didn't get to cash out at the clip he could have. So try to keep all costs at a minimum up front as as much as possible. And when you say clip, what, is, what does clip mean? Frugal was hell, right? Like you gotta be frugal. Like think about, think about ways to, to like, even if you got a company, you know, I, you know a fool, fools are, a fool's the first person that tells me, or and you've had our conversations, like, dude, you need to save, you gotta save your own money for some, a little bit of time to come out your own pocket so you're not giving away equity. Yep. Uh, <laughs> too much equity early on. Then, then, then do your best to try to come out of pocket, but that's not gonna be everybody. Yeah. Or you got to be creative. Right. So one of the biggest examples I like to uh, reference is the uh, Airbnb team when they first got started. Uh, they they kicked off, you know, they were pitching the idea, trying to raise funds. Did you see that deck? Yeah, they have like one of the best decks that you can. Uh, it's like it's like some kindergarten did it. Yeah, it worked, but it worked. That's why I say it was the best. It was one of the best. It worked. 
you showing us decks. We want simple. Go ahead, Clack. Yeah. Up. Like, we want simple. <laughs> people, think, people think they keep putting all this too much information in these decks. We'll get into that in a minute. We'll get it. Go ahead, Clack. Yeah, no, what I was gonna what I was just gonna say, just to wrap it up, is you know, thinking about funding, they had a genius idea. It was it was two thousand seven. I think it was Obama McCain uh, in the election. Yeah. What they did was they they created ten thousand cereal boxes. 5,000 with McCain, 5,000 with Obama. And they went to the, uh, the national conventions for each of the parties and ended up selling out all the boxes that are like a crazy profit margin. And they used that to kick off their, uh, their funding for their product. So, I mean, that's something that you can Google, but you know, just being creative and figuring out ways to get your idea and product off the, off the ground. They weren't in the cereal business, but they figured out a way to attack the market and it's a great story. And one where actually uh, VCs who heard that was like, you know what? I don't know much about these guys, but they took the idea, ran with it, and we're going to invest in them. We like dudes who can hustle and figure things out. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. yeah and, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Atul's the money guy. He's the one who gives out uh, the money and buy into companies. You know, we just like to hang out with him. I, I, I live in Clyde's garage, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so no, yeah. but that gets us to the MVP. Anthony, you want to die? Kick that off. Oh, so yeah, we want the focus there, but no. So, so <laughs> it's like, like I said, it's a sketch design, right? And 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 that's kind of test out the assumptions in your that you did from your research, understand a little about your audience. There's no engineer or developer really needed at that point, right? So you know, there's a there's a lot of conversations about developer engineer. You don't need those guys for the prototype, really. But when you get to the MVP, that's when you start have to you know have a conversation with a developer, right? To kind of really, cause this is like your beta version of your product, right? This is the the version that you can go. I can send it to all the name in New York, and they can all give me feedback on how this product really works. Because it's going to be a little bit, you know, I like to use a, a friend of mine uses the term like the pipes are connected right at this point. It's it's connected to the street a little, so now it's flowing. The information is flowing but it's not the full, every feature, everything connected. It just gives you, all right, now I can take the feedback. This feature is really working on this page and, and it keeps on going down the funnel of, uh, of, of the, how the product is supposed, supposed to work. And you take that feedback again, and this is what you kind of get ready to go to people like the fool and start saying, hey, or, or, or your friends or your family and go, hey, I got something here. I want you to really check this out. And, and if you really, you're feeling it, you know, this is where we start talking some cash. And this is where all the companies you hear about how, who started in the garage or started in the basement. This is the point where they're at right now. Like they have an idea, they got it on paper, they created the first version of it. It may work, it may not work, but the overall thinking is that the idea is one that can have legs and uh, you can, you can add on to it and make it work and, and grow over time. Look, Apple started in a garage. Uh, a lot of things start in climates like we're in today. So we're in a recession, right? And so technically a recession takes two quarters uh, successively to call it a recession. Unfortunately, this last quarter, even though it was an extreme dip, it was only the last month of it. So the first two months are decent. They were solid. So they're not going to count this recession really by technical terms till like quarter three. But look at Uber. Uber launched in a recession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they, the investors at that point were looking at them, hey, this is a ride sharing platform. And they're a matchmaker. They don't own anything. They don't have no traditional employees. Their costs are down at that point, right? And then, so it's you don't want to be in a fixed cost business. So the you know that they were in a perfect place, and compared to them to Hertz rental car, 
they have a ton of overhead and they're hurting right now and they may not make it out of this if yeah. you're looking at the business model. So if you can reduce fixed costs, you can have some variable pricing, all of that. And we're going to get into all of this at, a, at some point. Yeah. So that- but now's a good time to, now's a good time to launch. If you've got a good, not just any idea, if you got a good idea that can gain some traction, get out there. Cause a lot of things are born out of this time. Yep. Just launch it, get some customers and, and, and be ready to go. And then once you launch your business, you know, you want to do a, put together a pitch deck, right? We talked about pitch decks earlier. Uh, this is all during the MVB process. You have a product, you know, it works. You can identify a specific market market or target customer that you want to go after. And sometimes, you know, people overthink it, you know, us being in the, the media space where we're typically used to doing 75 to 80 page decks and taking all that time. No, guys like guys like a thrill be like, yo, what am I doing? <laughs> I think what what did you what, what number did you say you looked at last year? Let How many me, decks? Let me, pop in. let me pop in on this for one yeah, second. Yeah, go ahead. 2018, and we know this because when we sent it to the accountant, right? So we went through all our records, three-person team with a couple of junior folks. We went through 16,000 decks that year, right? And if you're all giving me 15, 20, 25, 30, um, nope, nope, nope. And we know within the first couple of seconds, uh, you know, if we want to be down with it and actually keep going through, um, We'll talk about what you need to prove to us in that business model in a moment, but keep it, keep it light. Keep it light. And and ideally you want to have between 10 and 15 slides. That's the ideal space. And, you know, there are a bunch of different resources you can go after and look, look at. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a five person slide. Listen, that's, that's why I, I, I'll have, I have to hire people. (laughs) I can't, I can't, I'm not the guy who's going to (laughs) put He's giving up equity to do slides. You hear that, guys? <laughs> I give you 1% of my company to do my slides. <laughs> we got white paper with some Crayola. <laughs> you saw what I sent you guys in preparation for this. Right. So I was like, you saw, I just put, <laughs> my format was jacked up. So I was like, content distribution. We had a marketing team. Nice. And Anthony took a, he, he colored something on the sidewalk, took a picture and sent it to us. He's like, oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> So, yeah, no, no, no. So, so 10 slides overall, I recommend, you know, going to various people, uh, websites. One that I like to go to is a famed, uh, VC, actually a Morehouse guy school I went to. So, you know, I like to shout him out. Rashawn, Rashawn Williams. Uh, you can look on his Instagram and follow him, but he has a section for the best pitch decks. And in that you'll see that, you know, of the, of the 10 to 14, 10 to 15 slides, what you want to see is, you know, what's the problem? What's the solution? your market validation. So identifying, you know, what your market is and then also the market size right now, com- people want to have the opportunity to, to, to take it, get an exponential return. If your market size is too small, uh, a venture capital is capitalist is going to say, you know what, that's a niche business or a lifestyle business or something that you can do on the side. You know, we're not, we're not going to want to invest, you know, what the so, pro to jump in when it comes out of niche, niche businesses, like if it's small, do you think, there's an opportunity because if somebody's going in and it seems like a small market, depending on their industry that they're focused on, is there a way that you, that you, a uh, VC or, or an investor can go, no, that could be an opportunity to grow it, to grow, to grow it to something that's no longer just 5% of the pie. And maybe we can do something with it and grow it to 15% of the pie. Absolutely. So look, here, I'll, I'll jump in for one second. So if you can own a niche space and keep giving value to that audience and they'll keep coming back, so there's a nice relationship between the provider and the consumer. Go for it. Just don't scale too quickly. That's what happened with like some of the, like Uber we talked about earlier. They scale too quickly and they're hitting this little gap moment, right? And Lyft is going to be in trouble. But if you can, you know, solve a problem for a niche audience, go for it. And to piggyback on what Clyde said earlier and Anthony as well, 
you're solving a problem. I want to know as an investor that you've had this problem. You've lived it. You're trying to find a solution to it. And that's going to make me feel comfortable that you're trying anything and everything to get to the bottom of it. Right. You're uh, you mind if I just jump into this real quick? Go ahead. Go ahead. You want to be the chef and eat the food, right? The, you know, on the money part, the founding team, we want to know that you have experienced the hustle and you're ready to pivot as needed. Because when you, when an investor comes on, your idea may change a little bit just because we we don't just bring money. We bring relationships and experience to the table. And then you want to go with people who are in your lane. You don't you want to take smart money, which means. If you have a sports idea, go to sports investors versus someone in the healthcare space. They may not have the relationships to help you scale and grow. So sit with the right people. Um, if, if you're not solving a problem that you've lived organically, it's probably a bad startup idea, generally. Go for it. And return on investment. I'm, you know, from a VC perspective, we're expensive. I, I deter people from coming this way unless they really need it. Uh, but then it could be good if it works out. Uh, you know, you, we want to see that we can get 20 X return on any money we put into you. Can I jump into the Pluto TV example or should we wait on that? No, go ahead. Go ahead. So Pluto TV, right? We know Viacom acquired them. (laughs) Let's say 350. I I started. No, it was like 340 mil. Right. And, and, you know, and they, up until that point in five years before that, so they launched like 2013, 14. 2019, early, they were acquired by Viacom. Great deal. And that probably helped out in the CBS merger eventually a year later. So because of all the things that they can offer each other from a content perspective and distribution perspective. But they had acquired, they had raised 50 million up yeah. until that point. So for every, think about that. So it's a 7x return. For every $100,000 some investor put in, they got 700000 back. So that's $600,000 in their pocket, quote, you know, technically. Yep. Compare that in five years to a... You put 100k in the stock market, you're going to get a 50 percent return versus you know it's going to you said 50 percent. Hold on now, hold on now. Who are you, yeah, Bernie yeah. Madoff, right now? What's that? You said 50 percent in the stock market, <laughs> Bernie Madoff. Yeah, you mean five? You mean five to seven percent, right? <laughs> uh, ten, no, ten, hundred thousand, and become 151, 150, 150,000 after 10 percent return and all that, right? Am I doing that wrong? No, 10%, 110 the first year, 111, 121 the second year. In five years. I thought you said per year. So I want to make sure we were right. Oh, man. Don't make me look bad, right? <laughs> I think it's 50% return versus. You got to hold the line. Hold the line. Hold the line. All right. All right. All right. Go ahead. Hold down with this, damn it. It's going to live forever. <laughs> you can see the difference. If things work out from a financial perspective, it could be dope if it, from an investor perspective. But yeah, go, go ahead, man. So. I'm sorry. So, no, I was going to say, you know, the rest of the slides for the pitch deck you can find online. But probably the most important thing is I do a touch on this. Most most VCs and companies look for five things. They look for pretty much who's your team, the market idea, uh, how you're going to scale, how you're going to grow um, in addition to your product. And then the last thing is you as a founder and kind of what you bring to the table. So those are kind of the five core things around evaluating startups that I would say came to light and uh, gets you to the phase where you have a product, you have a plan, and now you're thinking about what do I do next? So uh, I think all of us have been at various stages. I've worked at startups who've grown the business, gotten to a, gotten to a point where now they're looking for money. <laughs> they're looking for either uh, seed funding, series A. Um, if you've gotten to the point where you've taken money from angel investors, you know, friends and family, you know, you always want to start with friends and family because if they don't believe in your idea, why would a VC believe in your idea? Um, so identifying which one of those work, work best and then following that, 
that flow to get into Series A, where you're going to get the first round of funding to eventually help grow your product. Then from there... Find some rich friends, okay? <laughs> some rich friends. Some rich friends. Okay, I, I didn't have a lot of rich friends when I first uh, first came to the industry. I had to cultivate some rich friends. <laughs> Name it helped out, okay? Then I started cultivating moving around. Got to find some rich friends. Yeah. Like, hanging out with Clyde, man. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. So, uh, so then, then they get to the most important part, as I like to think, is the growth phase, where, you know, guys like me are, are found and hired to come in and right here this is his space uh um yeah this is my space right here where you know guys like me are found and say you know what (laughs) you know you you've just you've just received that that series a round of funding they're like all right go you had your five founding team members and they're like go out and hire a marketing guy so they help us grow and scale our business so what you want to try to do is find you know the right marketing guy or marketing team or person to help you grow the, grow the business. And you want to kind of look at one specific thing after you identify what your product is, but now you want to think about something that's probably most important of all is your product market fit um, and how that works and what markets you can go into and how do you, how will your product satisfy the market you're going after? Because, because there's a couple of core things. People launch products all the time, but they don't think about who their customers are going to be or what the market's going to be. So making sure you identify that during the growth phase is critical. Um, identify who, who's your customer, uh, knowing you know who you're going to serve, what's the problem, what's the solution, and then these three things equal you know overall your market. So identifying those are, are, are going to be the biggest, biggest and most important uh, items of your uh, launching the business and getting through the growth phase. Through the growth phase, you want to see accelerated growth. Uh, one stat uh, in order to get to a, a hockey stick level of growth is you want to on an annual basis do 2.5 uh, X annual growth. So if you're in, in year one, if you brought in 10,000 customers, we want you to do 2.5 times that the following year. Uh, and every year after that. And typically what you see is over a five-year span, if you can do that and eventually drive to, in the subscription business specifically, if you can drive to 2.5X times growth, in addition to uh, getting to an MRR, which is uh, monthly recurring revenue of around $10 million plus, you can eventually get to unicorn status um, and then probably like a five to seven year stage, uh, which is, uh, which is, is amazing, which is unicorn status means companies that has a valuation of about a billion dollars. Um, so, so the hockey stick, we were talking about this the other day, we were talking like, all right, we're going to talk about this hockey stick that people talk about. That's what, that's what you like to hear on CNBC. Right, so, right, right, right. Let's talk about the hockey stick growth. Okay. All hype. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what about it, where we're now, we're now, in, we don't know what the new normal is going to be in the next couple months. Right. You know, a full mention like, hey, we're going to, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're we want this the, the, the market. We're hitting a recession. We don't know what's going to happen. Right. We don't know if the hockey stick growth is still going to be the baseline of, of unicorn. Is it going to be a hockey stick growth or is it going to be a little bit longer runway before you start um, hitting this pitch? Right. So, you know, I don't you know that I don't again, there's a new normal. We don't know what it's going to be. but is there is there a thing that you guys say maybe it's not going to be this hockey stick growth that we're thinking about? If you can get it, Zoom had that hockey stick grit, uh, hockey stick, right? Zoom, now, Zoom was Zoom was an anomaly, right? Like that's they just exactly. came in. 
Exactly, yeah. right? But we talked about this last time. So Long like, Zoom, by the way. I'd right? rather be on an Apple product because I'm a big Apple guy. So if, if FaceTime, if they could figure it out, but Zoom hasn't monetized 90, 95% of those folks that are, we're using it right now. I'm not paying. <laughs> I don't think Carvel and are paying right now. Right? We're not, we're not, it's a beautiful service. And I think, you know, another product that they might want to layer on top of this eventually down the road, if you think about this, think, hey, someone, if you have a sports type of conversation, how can you put that on as a layer onto Zoom? That's where you can start monetizing things. Um, that's where I would start thinking. If I was launching a startup right now, go in your niche and what could you launch that's working? Like Zoom is working, but they're not monetizing. Maybe they need a layer like a sports type of plugin that gives you other sports metrics and all that, right? Think along those lines. Well, so Zoom, Zoom one, Zoom, Zoom is a classic example of, you know, I don't know. We we don't. I don't know what they've been talking about and their what their plans have been when they before COVID nineteen really hit hit here in the U.S. Uh, but I, the competition is there, right? You know, Apple already has FaceTime. Facebook is launching their product. Their similar. Mm-hmm. Well, Facebook's launched a similar product to House Party, right? And then Google, you know, upgraded or made it free for what's a Google Meet. Um, so, so we don't, we don't, we don't know. So the competition uh, is coming. The, how they comp- competitive analysis on it. The competition is coming. How how are they going to prepare and how are they going to get ready? That's going to be. Say it again, Claude? I say the competition is coming. How how is Zoom going to get ready and how are they going to continue that accelerate that yeah, hockey stick growth? They're going to have to be folded into someone larger, right? In my opinion. Be, be acquired. You know, some who, examples of... Who, who's a, who, who can be... Who, who's not already like, watching their product? Exactly, right? So, like, what you're saying is, like, Google, Apple. Apple, I'm sure, is looking at something Google already has. I just saw, saw something that this morning. Hey, Google Meet is now up and running. Boom. Invite your friends. Yeah, Google, Meet, Google Meet had to answer that, the Google learning side, right? They had to learn, answer the, the, the teachers and the school districts across America who are right. now using their product. So And look... We know this is the future in education, right? They're already talking about in New York. Uh, Governor Cuomo is partnering with the Bill and Gates, M- Melinda Gates Foundation, to figure out how to reimagine the schoolroom starting in the fall. So it's going to look different. It might be, it's going to be a hybrid, probably, right? Uh, so things change. Identify what you can be add value to in this market because things are changing. This is a reset right now. This is like the Great Depression, uh, the 2008 financial crisis. You know all the things we had in the 80s. There's a great reset happening right now, and we're reimagining what kind of business, how we want to do business and mingle with people and, and live our lives. There's opportunity right now. Definitely a big opportunity. So that's why it's important to identify not only your product, market fit, et cetera, and move that forward. So, you know, after you do all that, there are a number of different marketing things that you can do to, to help grow your business, make sure your customers are being acquired at a proper rate. Um, and probably the most important thing you want to think about at this phase is your burn rate. Uh, that's probably is, is the reason why most companies live or die. Um, you know, so through, give us a little, give us a little taste of that. You got burn rate, go away. F. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to leave it right there. But like, <laughs> no, here's the thing. And we've talked about this a lot, right? So there's people just burning through cash. That's what's happening now uh, with yep. a lot of companies and, and they're going to not make it through. Right. So, Show us that you can operate at a functional, efficient level and still provide tremendous value to your consumer, customer, and they'll keep coming back. That's what we want to see. Don't spend an absorbent amount. A lot of companies in the beginning obviously lose money to make money, and then you attract people like us in the room then to help you get to that next level. But if you're burning more than you should be, like right now, so I brought this up on Tuesday, right? Talent is going to be significantly cheaper 
now because it's going to be truer to book value because we were getting fat salaries popping from company to company in the last eight to 10 years, right? Uh, if you wanted to move. Right now, if people start losing roles, they may, they'll take a role that they think they could provide. I have a buddy who's a big market exec. He just left a role in, at a law firm and now he's working at a startup. He was going to sit around, hang out, make music for a little bit because he's done very well. But he, someone called him and they actually work in my wife's hospital now and like doing some other things. But they're, he got a great call, be a CMO of my startup. And boom, he's not getting what he got at the law firm, but he thought he saw he could provide value to this customer base and and really could take them up and not do that. So look for those kind of opportunities. Um, what was the rest of your question, Clyde? Because you know how I ramble. <laughs> it's all good. I was just talking about burn rate and burn rate typically means like how much cash you have on hand and what your monthly expenses will be in the going forward future. On, um, and, and what is that rate? equal out to. So if you got a burn rate of, you know, 10, 10 months, you have 10 months of capital, how much revenue you're bringing in, how much expenses on a monthly basis, and then it's going to last you about 10 months. So pretty much your, your business is expected to grow out of business in 10 months. So that's one thing you want to think about for burn rate and how fast you're, you're growing revenue. You want to get yeah. to a space where your burn rate isn't, um, isn't, isn't so fast. So talk, make sure if you go into the startup space, if anybody, you know, Dips and says, you know, I'm going to work at a startup <laughs> and, and find out what series, what level of funding round that they're in, yeah. right? If they're in the seed stage, understand that one, make sure you try to find, make sure you get your, your options equity solid. If you're at a series A level, <laughs> NC, ask, and there's nothing wrong with it, ask what your burn rate is. Yeah, exactly. You want to make sure if you start in January, you, you'll have a job you have a job in March or April. Okay. <laughs> if someone's constantly, they're constantly buying food every day and yep. it's not, then, then you know, they're spending extra cash. Yep. Capital. Right. There's right, some right. industries, you know, for a fact, they're just not going to make an excessive amount of money. Like if you, if you go to, well, let me not even go there, but if you go to certain companies, you just got to be mindful of what their burn rate is. So you have a job six months later. Yeah. Be scrappy. Yeah, be scrappy. Sure founders are scrappy too. And right now, for a lot of people, if you're looking for a role, let's say I'm on two months, six months down the road, some some folks may they want to change or something, whatever it is, you could be a valuable asset to a startup. You could come in if you have a tre tremendous experience in media, entertainment, whatever it is, you could go into a startup, a, a smaller company, and say, "Look, this is what I can bring to the table. I can guarantee these kind of metrics and these kind of relationships. You get an equity play as well, right? So position yourself to be." as best a catch you can be, then you'll get more money out of this moving forward. Just that's what you need. Yep. 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 So that, that's great. So, you know, I just want to close out this section uh, by highlighting that, you know, when you're doing all of this and you're building a business, there are a couple of core um, kind of data points and metrics that you want to, that you want to abide by. I just recommend you just Google Andreessen Horowitz 16 startup matrix. And, um, um, and, and, and just live and die by that when you're building your company, identify all those key, uh, data points and build your business around that. And then when you're going to have a conversation with those VCs and investors, you can speak to those specifically. I won't go into this great detail, but that's pretty much how you should live and die and think about your business. So, uh, you know, once you get through the series a, you have a business, you're growing, uh, and then now you're to a point where you're saying, what is my long-term future of the business going to be? Will I? IPO? Will I be acquired by another company? Will I just, you know, just take the cash and 
figure out ways to make the business work on my own. So you have a bunch of different, different, different steps. Cash and run. <laughs> Are you saying at the IPO level to kick cash and run? No, no, I'm just saying like, you know, just take the, the, the cash if you're able to get to revenue positive and then just continue to live off that business as a nice, neat business. So think about how uh, one of your favorite topics, we work, how they were doing for a while. They were just taking in series A, B, C, D, probably F, <laughs> uh, and just taking the cash and not necessarily going to the public markets, uh, not necessarily turning a profit, but just, you know, they had a lot of cash on hand. So there's a bunch of different opportunities, to, you know, as, a bit, as you build a business, you go from your idea looking through each of these individual steps and then thinking about how you can cash out, whether it's an IPO where you're going to the public markets and people are investing in your business and you have a lot of different uh, requirements and, and uh, duties that you have to fulfill. Or if you're staying uh, for individual investors for private on the private side. So there's a bunch of different opportunities. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's kind of the hot topic we want to talk about for this week. Um, you know, we've been going for about 40 plus minutes. So what I wanted to do was is do a couple of things that we normally do on our podcast where we, you know, talk about hot topics. We talk about some hot rapid fire, some stocks to watch. And then one of the funnest topics that I like to go over is, called, is, is something we call shit you should know where we try to share. It's too late. Bleep too late. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, where, where we uh, where we go over the the hot topics of the day of each one of us bring an idea to the table. So, what I want to do is I want to kick off with uh, uh, just kind of a rapid fire. Some you know I'm going to say one word, and I want Anthony and uh, Athua to just kind of give a one or two line sentence around what they think about these topics and Carvel and Radia. Feel free to chime in as well. Give us your expert uh, insights and, and 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 thinking around the topics as well. So I'm going to kick off with the first one, just a broad topic. And you can uh, distill it down to what you think about it specifically is, is media as the number, as the first one. Go ahead, Anthony. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> media. Uh, I go opportunity. Okay. I, nice. I, I, I go, I go uh, opportunity because... The landscape is changing and the demand is changing. So if you got something unique, what I'm not talking content only, but I'm talking about technology as well. So there's new ways to really think about it. And if you were at the name it conference last year, you saw some players, the people who, who offer different viewpoints with tech on, our, on media. Well, now that Anthony took everything I was going to say, I'm just going to say change. That's it. Change. Expect change in a beautiful way. Change in a beautiful way. I would say uh, uh, the next one would be, oh, Carvel or Radia, you, you want to share anything? Yeah, I would say evolving. The okay. space is definitely evolving. Um, just where my company alone, the things that we've been doing as far as upfronts are concerned and oh, yeah. in general, everything's just changing. So evolving. All right. All right. The next one is uh, tech. As you were told, you have the. All right. Tech is resilient because they can be flexible, right? So what's saving Apple right now? Apple sales, let's just look at them, right? Apple sales have been down in the hardware, iPhones, whatever it is. But guess what? Their services are popping up. So they started offering that stream. They can weather pretty much any storm. Uh, so they're a truly diverse platform. So hey, Facebook, we talk about this, right? Clyde and Anthony, you're more along this. Uh, auto travel ads have disappeared. But guess what? Gaming and e-commerce has picked up not to the meet the match, but they're, they're flexible. They, they're the most 
uh, in trouble. So they have cash on hand and, you know, these people serve 3 billion people out of seven, seven and a half billion people on the earth. So they're doing 40%. That's, that's not, that's great. <laughs> not okay. bad, not bad, not bad. Um, I would go, I would go opportunity as again, I know it sounds redundant, but if you're in a media space in a traditional, um, field, this is now your opportunity to learn a new skill set because it is not, if tech is a part of your personal life, it's going to be a part of your business life too. Yeah. So now really hone in on the opportunity to learn. I'm not saying you become a developer, but I'm saying learn how to talk the language. Yeah. I was going to say something similar. Untapped opportunity. Definitely. It's there. There's so much that you can uncover and learn and do within the space. It's just, it's, limitless all right all right and then the and then the last one i'll mention is diversity diversity oh. man go ahead man you got some or diversity i'll, I'll pop in for a second if you want oh, please, so like in the please, 08 recession right so let's look at the 2008 recession hmm. um that was us america brought the world down our bad <laughs> brought the world down this time they're bad all right and then we're all trying to work this figure it out together don't hate at me all right so fa- the fact you know the, there's a fact that Companies that were the the stock prices of companies that were more DNI heavy, they outperformed companies the stock market stocks of companies that were less DNI by four hundred percent because they had different vantage points. And that I'm just gonna leave it right there. It's important. Um, it's a continued fight, and then uh, even even from a tech side that you know that you know. You naming is traditionally focused on broadcasting, you know, traditional forms of media, and it's and of course it's expanding. It has expanded, but even in a tech space, it's a continued fight to make sure we are represented. Whoever we are <laughs> happen to be, you got to make sure you continuously fight to get that representation. And I think Namek is doing a good job to kind of bring in absolutely the, the newer players, if you want to call them, into the fold to make sure they're focused on diversity. All right, all right. Uh, your company will survive without diversity. No, um, you just you just need that you know wide vantage point, those that point of different point of views. Um, you just won't survive, especially in this climate. Absolutely. So then, the, the last thing I'll touch on before we get to the to the, to the closing uh, couple of items is what stocks to watch. Um, <laughs> So, so one, one, that, one, one that I wanted to highlight is uh, uh, SoftBank. I'm not even going to I'm just kidding. I'm not even going to go no, there. I've crapped on this. Uh, you know, I'll do it. I've crapped on them. Uh, so from their investment perspective, not great. They're going to have to figure some of that out. Alibaba, they've invested. They own around 27, 30% of them. They're good. If you look at the actual investment company, which is listed on the Jap- Japanese stock exchange, they're going to be dope. Because they're reimagining what they have to do. They're selling off shares. They're cleaning up the balance sheets. And they're going to invest with more purpose moving forward. I think that could be a good buy as a soft bank stock. The investments, be clear. I mean, you got to watch <laughs> out. You just got to know what you're doing. <laughs> All right. Rap- rapid fire. Rapid fire. What about Apple? Major player. Ecosystem, ecosystem focus. They're here. They're here for the next couple decades. And they're going to continue to grow. And then those devices anymore. You look at their... Uh, their their earnings reports you see their services are growing to a a, a major portion of their revenue and then the last yeah. one would um, Clyde's level someday i'm hoping <laughs> <laughs> i've been in apple i've been a big fan of apple and i love them upside 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 and then the last one amazon boom 
too yeah. big to fail. Too big to fail. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Right now, look at that. One point something trillion, uh, and that's five percent of the GDP of America's GDP. We're like twenty something, twenty one, whatever, twenty two. People are calling for it to be a two trillion market cap, which means the if you add up all the stocks that are on the market and the price of those, and you add it all up, that'll be ten percent of the entire U.S. GDP. I can't imagine a time when that was possible before. Maybe Rockefeller days, like the original, the OG. Uh, Not Jay Z now. Oil and yeah, that's the only time I could see that one company owned the that much of a sliver of GDP. Eight hundred pound, eight hundred pound gorilla in their AWS division yeah. is the monster. Look, just look at yeah, this. Would be this is supposed to be quick. I know AWS could spin off three companies right now from their portfolio. Yep. I'm sorry, Amazon, and they could be top hundred companies right now. Some are even top fifty. Boom. There we go. There we go. So that wraps up that quick rapid fire. And so I just want to close out for uh, before we get into diving into the whiskey of Uncle Nearest and kind of what we thought, but sharing with the listeners what we're reading, what we're learning, what we're using for information uh, in the the subject we call shit you should know. Um, uh, Who want to kick it off? I'll go. I'll go. Go ahead. So two things. I got two things. Typically, if you guys listen to our podcast, sometimes I get stumped. So <laughs> and he just phone he just phones it in like I don't know just pick something. <laughs> but I got two things. So there's a uh, this you know Afrotech had this like they had the rising stars and this is a gentleman called Ofu Izagubu and I'm, I might pronounce his last name. He's a fellow Temple University Temple Owl. He has a platform or a company called Who's Your Landlord, which is good for you know a, a no naming focus on millennials, um, not focus, but a lot of millennials. Excuse me. Um, the platform is about transparency and useful commentary for uh, day-to-day interactions with the rental community. And, and especially within New York City and the New York area, there's going to be a lot of changes when it comes down to rent. So this might be a great platform to check out. And two, a book that I've uh, recently finished, uh, we can go, I don't know why I didn't bring up another podcast, but it's called uh, Losing My Virginity. What? <laughs> I survived, had fun, and made a fortune doing business my way. This could Richard, go so many ways, man. By, by, by Richard Branson. You're not going to cut that up and edit that out. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Virgin Media. All right. I got you. I got you. I'm all for, I'm all for about, uh, great books about leadership and how you, and how you, uh, you know, in, in different industries and how you made your way in tough times and how you had to believe more in yourself. There's a lot of books about tech guys and this and that, but Richard Branson's an OG also. It's not like you misplace it, man. You lose, you lose it, all right? <laughs> Since we're doing shout outs to our uh, alma mater. So Mark and Reese right. went to my undergrad. Uh, you guys got some in. So, uh, you know, 20, 30 years before on, I did. On, and he's a lot on, richer than I am. I went, you know. I went with a young guy. I went with a young guy. <laughs> I went with an old guy who's rich as hell, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, so two things. Low brow, high brow. All right, I'm going to keep him a higher brow. Jordan, last dance. I keep talking about it. Watch it. Watch it. Use your perspective on the NBA a few decades ago and the GOAT. And... I've uh, filed formal adoption papers for Clyde's eldest son. Because now after watching the first episode, homie said, you know, daddy, you were wrong this whole time. Jordan's the goat. So I love that kid. He's coming to move. Now, my highbrow, Ray Dalio. I mentioned him before since we're, you know, it's my one of my greatest hits. This guy is killing. He came out with some new information this last week. Ray Dalio is an American billionaire hedge fund manager, Bridgewater Associates, worth like 18, 20 billion, a lot. A lot more than me. So, you know, he's killing it in the media game now because he wants to touch this audience, this space. Read about him. So he's got books, principles, simple book, mm-hmm. shares his approach to management, life, investing. Beginner to experience can draw something of value. I know a friend who was beginning investing. I'm a bit more experienced. 
I, we both pull a lot from it. Um, he has an app, Principles with Videos, Book Excerpts, the website, principles.com. He has a film arm. My buddy runs it. It's, um, and they're doing a lot, making documentaries, raising awareness around sustainability, gender equity. And the new important thing that he's talking about, New World Order, kind of helps you appreciate what we're all experiencing with this pandemic. Mm-hmm. It has a potential to kind of shatter economic and political systems and you know, realign wealth and power because uh, it's disruptive. So without giving away too much, he's suggesting that we all learn Chinese ASAP rock. So, <laughs> so um, that's where we're at. All right. All right. And then I'll close it out with my, with my topic, uh, uh, Forbes 8. Forbes 8 is a uh, digital video network that, is in, that was created to inspire every phase of the entrepreneur's journey. It's a, um, it's a, it's a partnership between Forbes 8 and a, and a African-American entrepreneur, a guy I know, a friend of mine, Amos Winbush, who created a, uh, the network. So it's kind of like tech talk for entrepreneurs. If I had to, you know, give a simplified answer, they have over 2,000 pieces of content uh, designed to inspire, be as a resource and equip every aspect of the entrepreneur's journey. It's available on Apple Store and also Forbes8.com, but it's a great resource. And, I, and it's one that I recommend for you have like your entrepreneurial coach in your pocket for your, uh, for your mobile app. So that's, uh, that's, that's it. Well, I got one thing to say. Okay. It's, the, the, the whiskey's been great. But I want to say for everybody who's listening who, does, who, who is thinking about jumping out the into an entrepreneurial space. If you don't think you have enough of resources, do not let that hold you up. Right? That should be the least of your concerns. Just know that networking can find all the resources you want. And I know Naming does a damn good job at helping out with the resources and networking. So there you go. There you go. Boom. And then and then and then what what do you what do you think about the whiskey of the day? The Uncle Nearest 1856. One, we should be drinking it at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I'm, in. I'm in. All in, man. I got two kids. I drink through these problems, all right? <laughs> it's kind of it's, it's, it's earthy, right? Like we talked about this in podcasts before that. And make sure everybody, you know, I'm going to be the shameless plug guy. Go to Whiskey View on all your major platforms and go check out our previous episodes and get and follow us and subscribe. But it's a it's an earthier taste and it's kind of it's smooth. It's I think I like it much better. This is going to sound bad, but I like it better than Jack Daniels, but I don't know. Oh, Jack Daniels, uh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm just say, right. I'll be the All bad right. guy. It's a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do in college, right? We got to graduate at some point. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So for me, so for me, it's, it, you know, it's in line with the type of whiskey I like to drink. You know, it's, it's a little rich, a little creamy, uh, sweet, you know, fruits. Uh, <laughs> uh, a little charcoal taste. So, you know, I like a little flavor with my, with my whiskey. So uh, it was, it was pretty good. It's uh, remember we had this the first time of your joint and it was um it hits you in the chest man I like it like uh, yeah, Anthony always says it puts hair in your chest like hair in your chest back from my you know my Medea films so <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to Medea <laughs> and this close man you know when you start using a hand sanitizer you, and you're like hey I'm gonna make a Drake playlist and I'm only the songs he sings on uh, that's bad that's I bad. like I like Drake man Drake like is Drake. the genius that Drake, dude is Drake, genius Drake, you gotta listen to the rap tracks if you only go for the singing stuff <laughs> and and with that ladies and gentlemen. This is the Whiskey Hue. It's time to go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, Namek, New York. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for that having us, sharing Thank us with you. your network. And uh, we look forward to continuing the conversation. Check us out on all um, podcast platforms and also check us out on thewhiskeyhue.com on our website to get more information. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We're doing Q&A, though, right?
Or no? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you have time, we can let's see. Oh, so he's a rich one, and Anthony. He's just- yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, let me scroll through. There was a there was a question. There's a question for from uh, Mia. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Listen, if you got questions, it was for it was for Clyde. If you could give a couple examples of grassroots startups who have used that growth plan that you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. For the hockey, the hockey stick kind of growth approach. There's one that I can specifically go through. It's um, Dropbox. Dropbox is a great example of that approach. Mm-hmm. Say it again. Friend of friend of Namek. Be, be cautious. Okay. <laughs> You're saying good things. No, look, look, don't mess up the check, right? <laughs> no, but Dropbox is one that uh, that has a, a great example of, of that type of growth approach where they, you know, launch their product and they figured out ways to accelerate their growth through actually through viral, um, uh, through viral growth. So one of the things that they did was they're ultimately the, the I think I forget who the, the marketing person was, but. He's ultimately the creator of the growth hacking strategy, thinking about ways to grow their market base and customers. It's Gary for, V? No, no. Okay, because that dude's all about that, isn't he? Well, I mean, it's a term. It's a marketing term that people use to to, to grow customers in a non-traditional way versus yeah. using like marketing tactics. So it can be everything from optimizing your website, uh, uh, updating your, your your search analytics, and using data to drive most of your growth marketing activity. So, but but Dropbox is a prime exact. Prim, uh, uh, Dropbox is a prime example of that. Dropbox was like everybody's first introduction to cloud, right? It was it was literally. I don't think anybody was paying attention to uh, cloud or anything of that nature until Dropbox really jumped into the mix. Right, right. I killed it. Any other questions? What else we got? Um, that's all that I saw. I hope everyone had um, a pen and paper and wrote these. I mean, you guys were dropping some really, really good gems. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to go back through this recording because this was some good stuff. Um, really appreciate it. Really appreciate appreciate you including us um, in this podcast. It was so much fun. You guys are amazing, funny, brilliant. Um, we're going to send a email out to all the attendees. Uh, maybe if these guys are so gracious, they will give us some of their um, tips and their their um, quick bites and books and podcasts and all the things wow. that they suggested. Maybe we can send a list over to you guys so you can research. Please subscribe to their YouTube channel. Follow them, um, their podcast. Is it weekly podcast? Yeah, it's a weekly podcast. You can find us on all major platforms. The whiskey hue, uh, dot com. You can find us online on the web. Uh, but if you go to any platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, just whiskey here. As we keep saying, we're about 20,000. We're about 20,000 from hitting that 10,000 mark. So if you can get out there and review us, <laughs> <be great. laughs> we'll but, but we are, but we are the number one pod, number one podcast featuring. Good. Everybody, right. I thank you so much for joining. We will all be together soon. The first networking event, we will all be together and we'll just celebrate the fact that we have made it through this quarantine and this pandemic. And we will um, celebrate that so we do have something to look forward to. Yeah. We have um, weekly webinars such as this uh, called Quarantine and Bill. So please follow us on our social media to see what the next one is. We have one week from our millennial committee and it's going to be good so that is it everyone please be safe have a great rest of your week the weekend's coming up have some um 
relaxation time. Enjoy your time with your families or your solo time, whatever you're doing. But please be safe and continue to quarantine, social distance. And um, let me get mine, too. Yeah, <laughs> what's the last yeah. dance? <laughs> Cheers. Binge that actually this weekend. I can't wait. I, I've been saving it. I've been saving. Somebody got a bootleg version because you know it's only season six, episode seven and eight, nine and ten are coming next week. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's on demand. This isn't on demand. No, she got connections. That's all I know. What are you trolls too? You getting everything early? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Universal people. You guys are great. <laughs> all right. Oh my God. Peace. We want to take care. See you soon. Bye.